Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 154 of the Green and Gold Rugby podcast. We've got a wide range of things we're going to discuss today. The the W for Waratah won't be mentioned again. It's all about the Wallabies from here on in and plenty more that's happening uh, now that the, the Super Rugby season has finished. We're going to talk the Wallabies, obviously. We're going to talk the NRC. We're going to talk um, the Wallaroos. But before we get there, talking about those things with a couple of hacks and amateurs, we've got one of the all-time greats, Wallaby legends. He's an HSBC ambassador, Stephen Larkham. It's an absolute privilege to have you on the throat. Shay, thanks for coming along. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mate, um, first of all, we want to just talk your role with the Brumbies this year. Um, we won't go too far into the detail of the season. We're, we're, we're looking forward. But I guess from your perspective, have you started or done a, a season review of the of the Brumby season? Yeah, we've done a review about two weeks ago. Um, we started planning for next year already. Um, the draw comes out in the next month and, uh, you know, there's pre-season games to plan for and, and, uh, a truncated pre-season program for the boys to train through, um, on the back of the NRC now. Sure. So, so what about that review? Anything enlightening that came up from your perspective? Anything that you expect to change? Any change of focus from season 214 to 215? Uh, well, there's, there's a few personnel that are going to change. Yeah. So uh, the big ones, I guess, are Ben Moen moving on as our captain um, and Laurie Fisher um, from the coaching ranks and we've lost our team manager as well, Payne Thorpe. So uh, there's a few changes there. Um, we've uh, put some measures in place there to replace those people. Um, so I guess that's the biggest thing. Uh, on the field, um, we're pretty happy with the way we ended the season. Um, we certainly... Had a good pre-season working on our skill um, and thought uh, we'd evolved our game coming to the first game of the season um, and had a bit of a shock losing to the Reds and sort of reverted back to our old game. Um, and halfway through the season, we finally found our game again that we, we wanted to start the season with and, uh, you know, we ended on a good note. So that's sort of where we'll take it up next year. Great. So what about that coaching structure? Laurie was obviously a key part of the Brumbies. Um, is there any, uh, has there any been, been any replacements made yet there officially or is that still underway? Yeah, it's still in the process of yeah. uh, finding someone for that role and for the team manager role. So that's been advertised on uh, sports people. Okay. Um, the team manager role has and uh, it closes uh, on Friday uh, and we'll uh, obviously get a short list there and go through the interview process, make it nice and transparent. And what about player recruitment? Have you still got gaps in the squad or what's the plan for filling those? Uh, we've signed the bulk of our squad now. We've um, <coughs> we've got the guys that we wanted to keep from last year and the guys who were available from last year, this, this last season. Um, and we've filled uh, some of the outside spots with some guys who we think have a lot of potential. Um, but there's still three spots available in our squad, uh, so we're running with a squad of 32 this year, this coming season, as opposed to the squad of 35 that we had uh, last year. So the ARU of um, 
have been funding five EPS spots. Um, this next season at this stage, they're only funding two. So uh, we've had to cut our squad down from 35 to 32. And uh, we are looking at this NRC competition um, to find a second rower, um, an outside back and an inside back. Okay, excellent. Okay, great. Um, and any new faces confirmed? I think you, is it Sean Doyle that's come uh, across from the UK? Uh, back yeah, Sean's come back uh, from being overseas, so originally uh, playing up there in Sydney, and uh, uh, he's headed down here and he's playing in RC for us, right. um, and he's signed for next year. Um, yeah, with a few other guys. Um, majority, though, are actually from the squad this year. Yeah, so they've come through. The Tom um, Staniforths and the like have sort of come through, yeah. Yeah, they've sort of been training with us throughout this uh, last season. All right, excellent. Well, that's great. That's that's good news. Everything covered there. But let's talk about the Wallabies, Steve. And the the team was obviously named, and, and no doubt the biggest talking point has been the man that will be wearing your old jumper, and that's Kurtley Beale in the number ten jersey. Did you see that coming? Was that what's your thoughts on that selection? Uh, no, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, uh, I guess I was uh, only reading what was in the papers. Um, I've spoken to a couple of players over the last week uh, from the Bumbies who are in the Wallaby side. Um, and from all reports, uh, you know, they've been trained uh, with the same back line that finished the uh, French series. Uh, and it was obviously a successful series, so um, I was certainly expecting uh, that team to be trotted out again. But, um, yeah, Ewan's made some changes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, currently getting his opportunity, I guess, on the back of a really good Super Rugby season. You know, he's had a fantastic season. Um, been extremely dangerous in attack um, and been fairly solid defensively, but uh, I'm sure that won't be um, a problem in a test match. Yeah, so what's your read on this? Is it just, and I guess, you know, we haven't been in the All Blacks for some time and definitely haven't won the Bledisloe for even longer. Is this the type of uh, approach we need to take, a bit more of a, a strike power uh, around those halves there? Yeah, well, the, the, the uh, Waratahs had good success with it all year. Um, you know, uh, repelling the onslaught from the opposition, waiting for your opportunity to get the ball back and then pouncing on that. And, uh, you know, KB is one of the best in the game at doing that. Um, and then you pair him with the other guys in the back line. You've got Nick White, who's top of his game at the moment, Matt Tamur, who certainly had a, an outstanding year. Um, looking at Adam Ashley Cooper, who's been a form player for the Waratahs back line this whole season. And then Little Horn, Paddy McCabe on the wings and, and Israel Fulmau, they're all um, exceptional attacking players, so I'm sure that's the focus they've got going into the game. Yeah, you mentioned Paddy McCabe there. That's a great story, isn't it, for Pat? He's, he's really, we talked to Pat early on in the season, um, and he, he had a fantastic season, considering all he had to go through the last uh, year or so with injuries and some very serious injuries. He played some fantastic footy for the, for, for the Brumbies in a number of positions and now finds himself back in the Wallabies starting team on the wing. Um, he was, yeah. He won't let us down, well, he's a great player, Paddy. Oh, yeah, tremendous player. And he's had a tremendous season, as you said, and it, and it all stemmed from the, the great pre-season that he had down here. Um, so been out of the Wallaby mix now for a little while, and uh, that enabled him to have a, a full pre-season with us. And uh, um, he really revels in that. Uh, we, we played him at 10 uh, through most of the pre-season, um, which was good for him, but good for our guys as well, playing with someone of such calibre. Um, and then, yeah, he's been shopped around in different positions this year for us, um, filled a couple of holes and, 
uh, played exceptionally well whether he started or came off the bench and certainly deserves his spot in the team at the moment, you know. So it's, it's really on the back of that pre-season uh, training block that he put in um, as to the reason he's got back out there for the Wallabies now. Yeah, but it is curious, those wings positions for Australia. We obviously had some injuries and some players not available. Nick Cubbins obviously move on and Henry Sparks not quite available yet. We do lack that out-and-out flyer, or I guess that traditional flyer that the Wallaby teams have always had in the past. It, it, would it be fair to say in Patton and uh, Rob Horn, uh, both decent finishers but, and very good defensively as much as anything and, and, and good with the ball, but they're not, they don't have the, they're not the speed merchants that we're, we're used to in that Wallaby team. Yeah, I guess they're a little a bit of a different mould. Um, they're a little bit more abrasive, both of them. Um, and one would think that they don't have the out-and-out speed, but uh, I've certainly seen some good tries from Pat McCabe this year. And, uh, you know, as I said before, his pre-season training block really put him in good stead for this season, including uh, getting back to top speed. So when he came down here for the Bundys originally, uh, he was an outside back, in fact, a fullback. So uh, it's in his blood. Uh, he's just sort of uh, been put in other roles where he hasn't had to use it over the last uh, couple of years. Um, but I think you'll be surprised at how quick he actually is. Sure, OK. Well, that's great. Well, let's hope we see plenty of it. Um, the other positional question, I guess one of the, the highest questions or, or most conjecture around it was in that locking position and, and another Brumby boy in Sam Carter got that role too. Now, he had the one test and was, again, fantastic um, winning man of the match. His work rate's pretty key for the All Blacks. Do you think that's what sets him apart for that crucial role in a Bledisloe? Yeah, he's got good work, work rate. Um, so Kurtz, uh was the only Brumby forward not to make the Wallabies last year, um, and he copped a bit of stick over that amongst other boys. Um, but he's had a really good year, and in fact a really good couple of years. So you know he's a diligent worker um, at training. Uh, you put him on the paddock, and, and nothing phases him. Um, he throws his body into everything, and uh, yeah, he's got a really high work rate, but. Um, you know, the, the skill element of his game has really come along this year and that's the, I guess that's been the most surprising thing for me is, is how well he's uh, evolved with his skill. And what does that come from? Has that been something you know he's focused on or do you think that's just his maturity as a player? Um, well, we actually put him in uh, um, a couple of extra sessions uh, a couple of years ago yep. uh, to try and improve his skill, uh, his catch-bar skill, but... Uh, uh, over these last couple of years, it's really been carts focusing on um, improving those areas that need improving. Um, so, you know, fitness is one area that he's certainly uh, maintained. It's not improved. Um, but he's just done extras after training on uh, you know, high ball receipts, off kickoffs, on catch pass and catching the ball under pressure. Um, he's really been driving himself in that area, and, and that's what it's sort of come down to. Brilliant. So the other, uh, you know, we had a lot of questions around the front row. We had a lot of injuries there. And again, one of the Brumbies that would have been close to uh, call up was Scott Seo. The interesting conjecture around Scott was that he was looked at as a potential tight head prop. Was that something the Brumbies had looked at in the past? Or is he solely a loose head prop from your position? Uh, no, not necessarily. So, yeah, you and spoke to us about that. Um... And we thought it was a good idea. Uh, he's a very, very skillful um, player and his scrummaging's come along exceptionally well over the last couple of years as well. So, um, yeah, I think he's certainly a player who's capable of um, playing both sides of the scrum, but certainly 
the other side to what he's been playing recently. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it's certainly something that we'll be looking at next year in the Super Rugby season. Um, uh, there's a couple of good props down here at the moment and, and something might be more suited to the other side of the scrum and uh, that might free up uh, Scotty to have a crack at tight head. Excellent. All right. So, Steve, you know, the obvious question is, can we beat the All Blacks? Uh, and if so, how, how do we need to do it? What, how do we approach this game? Uh, well, I guess we've got a bit of a blueprint in terms of uh, how the Waratahs played against the Crusaders in the final. Um, uh, both teams chock full of uh, All Blacks and Wallabies. Um, it's about uh, limiting the opportunity that the opposition have, really. It's... Uh, it's the physicality and intensity at the start of the game that has to be matched. Um, and then making sure that uh, we're not making errors. And if we do make errors, because they will happen in big pressure games, um, that we are backing one another up and that we're uh, uh, covering for one another. Um, but I, I just think where the, the team's at at the moment, um, mentally, uh, on the back of uh, the spring tour last year where it was very successful and, and then the French series, uh, I think they're in a really good headspace, and uh, you know the aura that the All Blacks have had around them. I think um, won't be as intimidating to this group anymore. Um, so I'm expecting good things from. Uh, you know, I'm certainly expecting the Wallabies to win this one um, and get off to a good start in this Butterfly series. Yeah, okay, that's great. That's a lot of heart. And I, I was going to move on, but there's one more question, I guess. And again, it's Brumby related. Is with Foley not starting? I would suggest. Would you think Nick White's probably jumped to the start, to the top of the list as the the goal kicker? Would he be your choice as the prime goal kicker? Or would you give it to Kurtley? Or well, it's out of those two. I mean, there's yeah. no one in the back line apart from those two can kick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it'll come down to a bit of feel yeah. uh, on the day. I know Nick White has a, and, and most people probably have seen it. He's got a very long kick on yeah. him. So we've uh, traditionally used him here at the Bundys with. Uh, uh, the long kicks over 50 metres. Um, and uh, I guess that sort of uh, suits Curtly as well. He's, he's more of an accurate, shorter distance kicker. So they might use that combination similar to what we've done over the last couple of years. Yeah, OK. Oh, that's great. Well, let's cross our fingers. It's, it's great. You know, I think the Wallaby fans are as positive as they have been for some time going into a Bledisloe series, which is very exciting. But the other thing that's causing a lot of excitement, and it was launched today, is the NRC. Um, now... What's your role in the, the Vikings team down there? And, Steve, obviously I think you've got a head coach that Dan McClellan is the head coach. Yeah, yeah Dan McClellan, who was our defensive coach from this season. So how involved will you be? Will you let Dan run the game or will you be involved in some, you know, trying some uh, players in certain positions or certain tactics that might play a role in the Brumbies game next year? Yeah, we'll be talking uh, behind the scenes with one another, but he is... Uh going to be running the team, he'll be the head coach of the team and uh, he's got his own ideas um, on some of the play and, and we uh, obviously are using this uh, as a bit of a vehicle uh, for Super Rugby next year uh, we've got a number of our players, so 16 contracted players plus another couple who we're looking at for contracts next year playing um, and there's a few uh, patterns there's a few things in defence and in attack that we uh, want to trial out uh, before Super Rugby next year, so uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be in constant contact with him through this period. But uh, I do have a little bit of other work to do as well. So uh, he'll be devoting all of his time to the NRC, whereas I'll be devoting the majority of my time to planning next year. 
Yeah, sure. You talk about wanting to practice some of those structures you might implement next year. The other thing that was announced today were the the new rules that will be, um, I guess, trialled or at least implemented during the NRC. What's your feeling on that? Were new rules needed? Is this a good chance to look at that, or does it get in the way of you know the bigger picture of how we play the game globally? Uh, no, I think it's a good idea. Um, uh, you know, there's a battle to make rugby more of a spectacle. Um, purists of the game uh, probably appreciate every element of the game, uh, whereas casual spectators probably don't uh, understand or appreciate um, the technical side of the game um, that, that makes up a huge part of it. So I can understand uh, the experimentation, um, but I guess I'm more of a purist in that, uh, you know, I love the scrums, I love the line-out, I love the contest at the breakdown. And sometimes it makes a day our game, but there is so much effort that goes into those areas. Um, I don't think we can um, shy away from having that as a major aspect of uh, rugby going forward. But, you know, if some of these rules uh, uh, become successful uh, and make the game more exciting for the spectator and the player, then I'm all for it. Yeah, great. So is there any of these laws, I don't know if you had a chance to look at it, that particularly stand out that you're, you know, you're keen to see how it might change the game or how it might eventually? Uh, well, just the, the point scoring, I think, is yeah. uh, one in my mind that I think will be um, uh, quite a good change. Yeah, I mean, encouraging people to go for tries as opposed to take shots at goal. Now, that's another element of, of rugby that I don't think needs to, to uh, die out. Um, you know, there is a certain art in kicking goals. Um, and drop goals, and Steve. And drop goals, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's right. The one in a million, um, uh, but you still get you know you get that reward from scoring a try and getting the three points there. So yeah, I mean the way they've done it, I think is is um, a good initiative. Okay, great. Final question around the NRC, I guess is, uh, and this is just uh, anecdotal. Is, is have you heard anything yet about what whether Wallaby non-playing Wallaby squad members will be coming back to play NRC? So. I know there's NRC starts next week, so the team will get re-picked, but the likes of Lili Afano and the likes, would, they, did, would you expect them to see him back playing for the Vikings? Yeah, the guys who aren't in the uh, side for the weekend, my understanding is that those guys will uh, be back on deck for the NRC, uh, which is good for them and, and very good for the NRC teams, uh, good for the competition. Yeah, that's probably that's um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Steve, the other thing we want to talk about was your role as a HSBC ambassador. Can you tell us about that and what that involves? Uh, yeah, so we've uh, we've got some corporate clients who, who turn up to the games and uh, uh, lucky enough this week to be on a panel with um, Fern Alomu and Stephen Moore. Um, and I think Stephen Moore will be taking a few of the clients through the, um, through the stadium for a stadium tour. Um, he's obviously got some insight into the current Wallaby setup. Uh, Jonah's obviously got some insight into the All Blacks uh, from a couple of years ago, and, and same with me from the Wallaby perspective. So, uh, yeah, it's about getting the, the brand name out there and uh, um, making making sure that the people that turn up on the night uh, have a good night. Excellent. So you'll be at the game, obviously, on Saturday night then? Yeah, we'll be at the game. Yeah, so we get there relatively early and... Uh, um, you know, have a fair bit of uh, pre-match banter and then uh, 
we'll have a bit of banter after the game as well. Well, that's great. Well, let's hope the uh, the Tar fans or the New South Wales fans get behind it. There's a great atmosphere at the Super Rugby final. There's a big push on for um, all Wallaby fans to get, wear gold and get the chant going to, to drown out any New Zealand fans and really create that atmosphere that we, I guess, we saw back in your era uh, when we were so successful, but we had John Williamson playing. We had all the, the uh, gold stadium scarves and the like. So it'd be a great atmosphere when that place is really rocking, isn't it? Yeah, we saw it for the final. Um, there is a real buzz around Sydney at the moment in terms of rugby. So, uh, you know, the Waratahs have done a fantastic job with their playing style this year and winning the Super Rugby. And uh, I'm sure that's going to bode well for numbers at this game and atmosphere at this game. And uh, and again, that's another reason why I think the Wallabies are going to win because uh, you get a very parochial Wallaby crowd and, uh, you know, they're all wearing yellow. It really gives the guys a big pump up. Well, that's great. Look, Steve, absolute pleasure to have you on the show. We really appreciate your time. We know you're a busy man, so we'll, we'll let you go. But uh, best luck this weekend with HSBC and, and their crew, um, but also with your, your planning for season 2015. And we look so forward to seeing the Vikings and the NRC and the Brumbies back in Super Rugby next year. Yep. Thanks very much. Thanks, Steve. We'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. And there was Bernie Larkham, HSBC ambassador, Wallaby legend, uh, and a great chat, really insightful guys. He had some uh, very interesting observations on the uh, on the Wallaby team, uh, obviously with Kirtley there. It's a very relevant chat, and we'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, how the Brumbies finished their season, that, you know, I was over, overall pretty happy, but they're definitely uh, keen to improve a few areas um, and looking forward to 2015 around that. They've got three spots left open. Um, a lock, a outside back and inside back. So relying a lot on the NRC and a few other things to see uh, how that might feel. So interesting. Seems there are certainly going to be a few teams looking for locks uh, yeah. to start next season off. That's uh, with oh. all the uh, exodus from Pyle, Douglas, uh, and then the Waratah's second stringer, Greg Peterson. There's there's a lot of locks needed. It's uh, And... Uh, who else? Ollie Atkins went overseas last year, didn't he? So yeah, that's right. Hugh McMinimum. There's a there's a few. Sitalaki Tamani last year. So there are a few there. And, and guys, I, ha- I neglected to introduce the voice you just heard. There is is Will, aka Braveheart, from the site. Mate, thanks a lot for joining us. No worries. Good to be here. Yeah. And, and as I said in the intro, you wouldn't have heard it, but the the W, the only W word we're talking at the moment is Wallabies. Okay. So we've we've moved on from the past. Oh, um, thank God. <laughs> that voice there from Canberra, you all know him is Steve, um, Brumby Steve, which I'll call him Brumby Jack. But uh, Steve, thanks for joining us. How are you, mate? I'm pretty good. How are you going? Yeah, going very well and, and enjoyed our 20 minutes with uh, your Brumby coach, Steve Larkin there, which uh, was, a, was a great listen. But we're moving on, guys. It's Bledisloe Cup Week. Can you believe it? Will, I want to go straight to you, mate. In Sydney, what is the feel, you know, Two weeks after the Super Rugby final, Bledisloe week this week. Is rugby still the talk of the town down there? Well, I, I certainly hope so. It, it is for me. I, I'm excited about heading out to the uh, to the Bledisloe on Saturday night. And um, look, I think there's going to be going to be sort of a, a pretty good crowd out there. And and hopefully, hopefully that crowd sort of uh, noise that we heard at the war- at the uh, Super Rugby Grand Final will be carried on a bit. It's uh, be good to see some some really vocal support because I think the Wallabies need it, and um, I do think it makes a difference. Like a few of the players at the end of the season really sort of said how 
they got a lot more out of the crowd than they'd, they'd ever sort of experienced before. And I think I think we owe it to the team. Like that's that's part of what what will hopefully get them across the line. Because um, uh, certainly there are no easy wins against the All Blacks. So that's right. And this, these guys can't do much more than what they've done so far. You know, those three wins versus France, which, what, what is it, seven in a row at the moment? Yep, yep so we, seven, yeah. So, I, I believe we haven't done that since 99 when we obviously won the World Cup, so... Oh, good signs then, good signs. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but you also look at the All Black. What's there? I think since 2011, what, have they lost one and, you know, they've drawn one and everything else they've won? It's an unbelievable record these guys have, so... And they're going for 18 in a row, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're going for their, what I guess is now a, a Tier 1 winning streak record, seeing as uh, is it, uh, Cyprus holds the overall record <laughs> because clearly they haven't played anyone particularly good if they've won 20-odd games in a row. Yeah, but, exactly uh, right. All uh, right, so the big one this weekend. Let's look at this team. I'll run through it quickly. You've all probably seen it, but just for the sake of going through, we've got uh, in the front row, James Slipper and Sakopi Kepu hold on to their, their front row positions. Nathan Charles makes his starting debut coming on because of the injuries to Moore and to Tafu, obviously. Sam Carter snags that lock position. He sits alongside Rob Simmons there. The back row is what we expect with Fardy, Hooper and Parlow, with obviously Hooper captain. Nick White's still there at nine. Kirtley Beal is the man at 10, as we've discussed with Larkham. Tamu is at inside centre. Adam Ashley Cooper has grabbed that 13 jersey from Tavita Kurandrani um, on the back of his sensational form for the Waratahs. Rob Horn and Paddy McCabe are our new wing combination. And Izzy Falau, obviously, at the back there. And we've got an extended bench at the moment with Hanson, Cowan, Alexander, Skelton, McCallum, and Higginbotham, Phipps, Foley, and Kurandrani. Fascinating team, guys. I think most of us, uh, or not many of us, would have predicted Bill at 10. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts, mate? Look, I have to disclaim that I'm a, I'm a huge Kirtley Bill fan, and so I'm pretty excited to see it. Um, and I think it's a really clear rewarding of form at the, at the tail end of the Super Rugby season. Like, um, I guess the two guys who really, really stood up for the Waratahs were, um, apart from people who are already in the team like Hooper and Palu, were Beal and Adam Ashley Cooper, and and never been rewarded with selection at their either in the starting team or in their preferred position. In the case of Ashley Cooper, so it's a, uh, I think. Um, and I think Mackenzie, from from the start of his his time as coach, has really rewarded form probably more heavily than we've seen for a long time in the Wallabies. Um, and and I think it's I think it's probably a good move. Like it's a lot of pressure on Beal, but uh, I think he's also been been demonstrating that he's up to it on the field at, at least at, at the Super Rugby level. So uh, excited to see how he goes on Saturday night. Um, yeah, you're right. Look, when it was announced, I was shocked, but I'm not disappointed. Uh, I'm pretty enthused about this. Um, I am a Kirtley fan. He, he frustrates me, but he is a wonderful player, and his form in that final in particular was sublime. Some of those passes, I'll, I still have dreams about that one to Foley out wide I, I mentioned time and time again. This is really interesting. I think it was Cyclopath Dave on the, on the website queried, if this was the plan, why wasn't Beal played versus France at 10, to give him some time at 10? Why were we persisted with Foley? You know, what should Foley deserve to be Dropped. I don't have the answer, but part of me thinks, having you know worked reasonably closely with Ewan in a previous life, he does plan ahead. This has shocked most people. I would say it would shock the All Blacks. They would have been planning for Foley at ten. I think this is a bit of. Um, I think he would have planned for for Beal at ten for quite some time, um, and, and was quite you know happy that the form could justify the position. 
but uh, he had this plan for Beal to play this game, this wide passing game that replicates Cooper's. Um, and, and knowing Ewan, he's been waiting to play the All Blacks on since last year, and, and this was all, would have been all part of his game plan. So fascinating to see how it plays out. Steve, what are your thoughts, mate? Oh, sorry, I was also a bit surprised, but um, I think it shows an intent from Ewan how he wants to play this game on Saturday. He's not going to stuff around. We're going to go all out attack. And he's uh, picked some, well, p- picking Bill at 10. Like, like you said, he, he did the business for the Waratahs. And he, you know, he's on the bench for, for the Wallabies in that French series. Uh, but he didn't look too shabby then. So I think it's, he has played there before, so it's not totally a surprise to anyone. It's not like he picked Falau at 10 or anything like that. So he has done it before. Um, I'm just a bit concerned. Maybe is the All Blacks the game to do it? I don't know. But, you know, he said he's the, you can only go on your last game. And um, I think the last time he played at 10 was maybe when we beat Wales a couple of years ago. Yeah, so, right, yep. so um, you know, Ewan's the coach, and uh, we'll just see how that goes. And remembering also that Ewan relied heavily on Kirtley, a lot younger Kirtley at that time when he was coach of the Waratahs um, and uh, very closely won him a, a Super Rugby Championship back there in that game us the Crusaders before Bill got injured. So Ewan has that, that strong affinity with Kirtley, actually brought him into the New South Wales Waratah ranks, so still sticking with him. And I guess what you were saying a minute ago, Reg, about uh, that Ewan's been probably been planning for this. It, it's interesting that the first sort of open training session when they were on their, their bush to Bledisloe, I think in Dubbo, all the news reports came out that were probably exactly as everyone thought, like Foley at 10, status quo, Kuradrani at 13, Ashley Cooper on the wing. The only little tidbits we probably got out of that that were at all sort of, I guess, confirming things were Carter as one of the locks and, and McCabe on a wing and yep. probably, and we didn't really hear anything more after that. Like, And I guess they had probably had a few closed sessions in Sydney and then all of a sudden the team comes out and it's actually quite different to that, that first one that was sort of speculated about in the media. So Yeah, exactly uh, right. Well, the other one there, and you mentioned it, Will, is that number 13 position. Now, Steve, the Brumbies, Tavita Kuradrani, who I expected to get picked still, as, as much for our lack of wing position, you can't deny Ashley Cooper's form, but Kuradrani's proved a, a really important part of the McKenzie game plan so far. How is, what was your read on that decision? Well, I think you can't deny Adam Ashley Cooper a spot um, at 13 this year. His form has been exceptional, I think. Um, I, was, you know, I shed a tear when he left the Brumbies and went to the Waratahs. So it's good to see him actually get a win this year, and that's given him a lot of confidence, I think, moving forward. He's, he's been a solid player, and I think we said earlier this year that his form with the Wallabies over the last couple of years um, demanded that he would be there somewhere. I think when Kurandrani came in and took the 13 spot, which would probably surprise a lot of people, including myself, and you know, moving Ashley Cooper to the wing, I thought he was sort of in, a, in, his, in the incorrect position. Like, I know he had to fit him in somewhere, but probably wasted on the wing. But you look at his form this year, it's uh, it's hard to argue to not put him there. Yeah, Will, you back that up. Ashley Cooper's been a, a key Absolutely. part of the success of the Waratahs. And I guess for, a, what is he, a 94 Test Wallaby, you, you probably can't find a spot in his career where he's been in better and more consistent form. And I think it, it's probably, like, I think the sort of news from New Zealand and, and elsewhere was people thinking, like, if you don't pick this guy at 13, you, you, you're absolutely crazy. Like, how do, you, how do you deny a guy in such great form who's one of the key Wallabies, his his prime position? And certainly, like, there's this there's an argument that 
the Wallabies could be stronger with Kudrani at 13 and, and Ashley Cooper at 14 because we are a little short on wingers. But um, I guess at the end of the day, Ashley Cooper's form at 13 just, just couldn't be sort of uh, looked over. So I think it's an astute selection. Um, Absolutely. And that's what a great selection it is. I mean, in terms of, yeah, great, we could have stuck with Tavita, but... We know Adam's not going to let him down, as you say. You know, you can pick him in there. It's somewhat of a surprise, but it's not a risk. So um, very excited for Ashley Cooper there as well. The other main, uh, I guess, selection query people were tossing uh, to and fro pre-test was at lock. Um, Rob Simmons, I think most people agreed, had the, the one spot locked up. It was, ironically, um, it was whether Skelton or Carter or, you know, potentially, I guess, Hall will, would get that second spot. Um, the you know, decision really came down to Skelton and Carter. And from then it comes down to, you know, what game plan, what do you want to play uh, as much as anything there. Um, Sam Carter obviously played the first test versus France, got injured, was man of the match. Skelton played the third test versus France. Don't know if he was officially man of the match, but was bloody brilliant. Um, so a tough call there. It was one of those positions, uh, much like Ashley Cooper, it's, I, I didn't mind which way they went. They've obviously gone Carter for his work rate, which is probably appropriate. We need that uh, intensity and and, uh, and that work rate early on versus that All Blacks team. They, they're going to work hard and they're going to work across the pitch. And Carter's got that uh, just no no questions asked, head down, bum up, get the job done, uh, plenty of tackles, clearing out, real aggression, that old country aggression at the ruck, which will be critical for us. But also knowing that Ewan likes to finish a game, like you know, picks his bench as much as he wants to finish the game as he wants to start it. So Skelton's got to play a key role there, as, as will Kuradrani later on, as, assuming he's still in the, the squad when it gets finalised down. But yeah, Skelton, Skelton will play a key game in this uh, role in this game. But Carter, you know, very important for that early, uh, uh, you know, early Bledisloe Cup atmosphere of a test. Steve, you, you agree with that? You, that didn't surprise you, I assume. No, not really. I thought the injury that he copped after that first French test, you know, probably made a uh, rail and uh, dead ended him a bit. But it seems he's bounced back from that quite well. You know, those syndesmosis injuries can be quite tricky. Um, you know, it may not look bad, but it, it can be take a while to come back full of confidence. But that's good. But I guess with Simmons, you know, he had to be there because he is he the only line out caller they have at the moment. I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty much a given there. Yeah. All right. So how do we beat these guys? Will, have you given it any thought, mate? I think the key is going to come down to our tight five. Like, that's probably the, the one area of the of the of how the sides match up that I think the All Blacks have an advantage. So I think we really need a lot out of our tight five, both in set piece and but probably more. I, I think they'll stand up in set piece and be all right. But sort of around the park, they need to compete physically. And if they can get close to parity with the All Blacks, I think we're we're a real chance. So our back row is as good as is as good as theirs. Like this is probably the best back row I think we've fielded for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, and our backs are, I think, a really good mix of sort of skill, sort of attacking play, and, and just good defence and aggression. Like I think we'll get a lot out of McCabe and Horn on the wings, um, which is an area the All Blacks are really dangerous. So. Um, yeah, their defensive play against those outside backs from the uh, from the All Blacks are going to be pretty critical. Steve, from your end, what what do you think? Where where do we need to to step up to win this? Yeah, like Will said, I think the 
type five is going to be where it's won and lost or or, or lost. Uh, you know, we're down to was it Nathan Charles is our would you say third string hooker at the moment? Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so we need to really get a, a good platform out of out of those guys and some real dirty work from the in the down in the depths of the rucks there. Come up against the the master himself, Richie. So I think we need to to, to get on top there, and our backs look, look very uh, attacking. Good attacking mindset with some of those players that have been picked. Like, what have we got? Four centers out there in the in the back line. Morgan Taylor um, reckons five centers. Yeah. Five. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got Horn and McCabe. And, and I think a couple of our force fans might suggest there might be six centers oh, okay. with Michael Hooper as well. Oh, yeah. they, they call him a winger, don't yeah, they? No, yeah. winger. He's no, our no, only no. real winger in this side. So <laughs> lucky he was picked. Uh. Exactly. Yeah. So I think maybe we might see a lot of. Um, no, it won't just be Curtly Bill at 10, the first phase, every time. Um, you, know, you could probably throw in Horn and even McCabe have played 12 for their provinces or even a test level before. So I don't think... I think they're just numbers on backs and uh, they'll probably try and mix it up a, a bit against the All Blacks and uh, hopefully get around them or through them and score plenty of five-pointers. Yeah. Look, you're right. I think that... Look, you all make valid points about the five, and that's the biggest question. But I guess it, it is a very mobile type five. You know, Slipper and Kepu uh, amongst props are as mobile and as skillful as they've been. And Kepu, we, we know how um, how inform he is, how aggressive he's playing, and we'll really need him to step up with that. Charles's real skill is that work rate of his. Um, so, so that's a real bonus for as well. We know about Carter. Um, Simmons there, we, we hope his discipline uh, stands, but he's been in t- tremendous form. The quality of the back row, but it's that backline defence that you know that's real critical. And I don't know who's going to lead that that defensive alignment and the, be the real captain of the defence, whether it's Ashley Cooper or I guess Tamura at twelve. But that's going to be critical. You're right. There are also there's a bit of interchangeability in that backline, so you can cover in and move out as needed. But there's going to be have to be someone who's just you know on them all the time about realigning and getting into position because that's just critical with these All Blacks. They sniff an opportunity so easily and so readily. And we've just got to make sure we're ready to counter that and, and don't give them that sniff of an opportunity. So, you know, really exciting, but that's that's just so critical. And, and like, I guess the thing that has, um, uh, I guess, frustrated Wallaby fans of, of late is our inability to, to play that full game. Um, and this is probably more going back in that Dean's era as much as anything is, but we've really got to produce a game for... You know, it's not even 80 minutes to stay, isn't it? Rugby is almost a 40-minute game when you take out the play. So that intensity just needs to last. And we haven't seen that intensity for some time. So um, that's a key one versus versus this all-black team. And I, I think I think Ewan's really, I get, I think picked it, put his cards on the table and said, this is this is probably the most dynamic team I can pick at the moment. And just realizing that there's no warming into this competition. Like if we lose lose on Saturday night in Sydney, it's another year without the Bledisloe Cup. It's another year you won't win the rugby championship. There's no sort of losing that first test at home and thinking we can win win on the road and then and then win the last one and then and win enough games in the rugby championship. Like you've just got to win this test and I think he's picked all these form players. He's picked his sort of I guess it's a term Robbie Deans used, the, his points of difference in people like Skelton <laughs> and uh, just thinking, like, this has all got to come together and this is this is how I can bet the All... This is my best chance to bet the All Blacks uh, on Saturday night. Um, whereas probably last year, he, he sort of... 
he again went with form, but probably a little bit more conservative, starting with Tamua against the All Blacks, and then I guess even though Tamua did quite well changing that after a couple of games, I don't think he really thought he could win the Bledisloe Cup and, and the Rugby Championship as much as he does this year. So I think he's just going for it this year. Yeah. And I think he's, he's he thinks he's got enough, and I I think we're we're a huge chance. So he's got to go for it, doesn't he? This is you know the Bledisloe Cup, like you say, is over in the next two weekends. We don't win in Sydney, you know. It's very yeah. very tough next week. Uh, where are we next year? Is it Auckland next week? Eden Park. Yeah, so, yeah, so <laughs> looking to break a twenty odd year yeah, hurdle there. Eighty six, so. I think it is. So um, yeah. since nineteen eighty six. So yeah, we've really got to come out and win this from from the get go. Just before we go any further, just. Any thoughts on who might drop off that bench? There's obviously an extra name there. Um, is it between McCalman or Higginbotham? Do you think they might only play two back reserves? Uh, Steve, any ideas? Um, I, I, like I, I think you're right. It might be between Higginbotham and McCalman because uh, they're effectively two number eights there. Yeah. I know Higginbotham can play six, but um, having two of the same seems a little bit strange in a, in a game of this importance against the All Blacks. Yeah, it's a curious one. Will you haven't heard anything injury-wise or anything? That's that's the only no, thing I can imagine why. Not at all, and, and certainly Ewan has, hasn't been known to pick sort of a, an extra person on the bench and then drop someone off. But I, I don't know. Like we had a, a bit of rain in Sydney the last couple of days, and there's sort of bits bits and pieces more of forecast over the rest of the week. I don't know whether he's thinking, oh, if we really get some rain in Sydney, I might go a 6-2 split and pick both of them, yeah. um, or whether there is an injury cloud hanging over someone. But I expect Higginbotham will probably drop off and uh, we'll get a standard 5-3 split, and um, I think it's probably the way to go. Yeah. But, uh, All right, well, give it to us, Will. You keep talking. What's your tip, mate? Look, I, I'm, I'm going to say the, the Wallabies are going to get get up this weekend. It's, it's about time, and uh, I, I think it'll be close, but I, I think we'll get up, let's say, Wallabies by five. Yep, love it, Steve. Well, I'm going to throw an outrageous prediction out here and say that Bernard Foley's going to come on and kick the game-winning penalty. <laughs> you know, it's the same venue as last time when he did it, so why not do it again in front of more people? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, I, I think a similar, I'm not going to that level of detail how it will be won, but I think the Wallabies will win, but it's going to be a, a two or three pointer. So um, let's hope we're right, and it sounds like it's going to be an absolute cracker. <coughs> Sydney fans, get out there, get out to uh, the stadium, wear your gold, wear your yellow. There's some great stuff going on at the moment with the, with the gold brigade, and I think the, uh, the rugby club um, in Sydney have got a great afternoon planned. That day, there's also obviously the, I think the Premier Rugby Finals is that Saturday as well. Will? Yeah, Shoot Shield. Uh, Shoot will be Shield. Sort of three fifteen p.m. or something out at uh, Concord Oval. Yeah. So, uh, so massive uh, day of opportunity. Lots of rugby them. and uh, and also plenty of uh, I guess uh, pre-match warm-up options in in uh, either the rugby club or there's the uh, Gold Brigade sort of function out at Homebush from about four o'clock or something I think. So, um, which anyone can go to. So. Get out there and uh, get in the spirit of things and then uh, cheer on the boys. So <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Can't wait. Sorry, just on that, did I hear that the rugby club are going to have $10 jugs? $10 well. jugs. That's yep. sensational. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think they've said uh, they've gone back for 2003 prices uh, <laughs> when the last time when we won the Bledisloe before. So was it 2002? Which is it? It'd be, it'd be 2002, I would suggest. Yep. If Either that, way, it's anyway. a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. $10 Too cup. long. Love it. <laughs> All right, so that's the Bledisloe Cup. Just bring it on, guys. Can't wait for it. 
The other thing that came today was the official launch of the NRC. We've known about it. We've had various, I guess, sub-launches and teams released and jerseys and all that sort of stuff. But today was the official function down there at Coogee, I believe it was, where they had all teams represented. Um, the trophy was was uh, presented and uh, the new rules um, were released. Guys, did you have a look at this? Steve, have you seen what uh, the rules are, the trophy, the jerseys? Steve, you see this? Sorry. Um, yeah, I had a look at some of the law changes today. Yeah. Um, some of them are quite interesting. Uh, you know, reducing the penalty goal to two points, I think, has as merit. I'm not so sure about drop goals because you don't see too many of those um, these days. Mm. Um, and the, the four-try bonus system has been scrapped in favour of... Uh, the winning team or finishing three or more tries ahead of their opponents. That's not a bad one. Um, getting the, uh, uh, reducing the time of TMO, having a look, that's, that's had to be done. Yeah. There's too much, too much wasted time looking at a, was it a forward pass? Wasn't it? Oh, let's have, you know, 25 looks at it. And it's, it just slows the game down there. Uh, I think the one about, um, the line out, if you throw it in crooked and the other team doesn't contest, then fair enough, play on. I think that's a very good one. Yep. Um, yeah, but I think most overall, they're, they're good for the game and you know it's gone to the fan vote and they're the ones who are kicking and screaming the most about what they do and don't like. So it's good that they've taken on board some of those suggestions and, and gone with that instead of just saying, no, we're just going to go with this and that's it if you don't like it, bad luck. Yeah, exactly. Will, what about you? Anything you'd particularly like or dislike? Yeah, I guess I'll probably go with the, a couple that haven't been mentioned that I probably don't like is the 45-second um, conversion. So mm -hmm. I think they've halved the time from 90 seconds. And um, I just think it's a bit of a, like, I get the idea behind it. You want to sort of not wa waste as much time of the game where the ball's not in play. But I think the easiest way to get around that is just to stop the stop clock. The clock. Yeah. It seems to me that like goal, kick goal kicking is all about having a routine and repeating it exactly every single time. And I don't think many kickers would do that for a difficult kick mm. within 45 seconds. So it seems to me that kickers will will have to do something different and rush their sort of their method. And it's probably not good for our goal kicking. And we're, we're a country that has struggled with goal kicking for a long time. Um, and the other ones, the uh, the halfback not being able to follow past the half, like the middle of the scrum. Yep. So they this the offside line, I guess, changes. They can't sort of just be behind the ball. And I, I don't really like that one. Like, I think that sort of takes away one of the contests for the ball in the game. And I think that's the that's what makes rugby rugby is is that it's a it's a contest for the ball. Um, yeah, fair enough. Look, it's interesting. I, I you know a couple I like, which are more just that again. It's just the interpretation, uh, little things like the the penalty free kicks, the quick taps, just play. You know roughly on the mark there, as long as it's behind the mark, but it doesn't have to be bang on or in line sort of thing. I like that. Let's just keep playing moving. That was a good one from the ARC uh, many years ago that I enjoyed and really did uh, liven things up. And the quick throw-ins, this is my call on this, the quick throw-ins are now allowed even if touched by another person. Um, so, you know, traditionally these quick throw-ins, if someone from the other team or the crowd or anyone else had touched the ball, you, you couldn't do a quick throw-in. That rule's now gone. Um, so I reckon, I expect some uh, fisticuffs on the sideline. That's my call with this one as, 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 uh, as teams fight for that quick throw and it's no longer just about touching the ball. You'll get opposition crowd holding on to the ball until their team's ready for the line out. 
Um, so we'll, we'll see how that pans out. But the NRC in general, guys, you know, I know we're all focused on the Bledisloe Cup. Are we getting more excited about it? It's now, what are we, Wednesday? So tomorrow week will be our first game. Brisbane City playing the Sydney Stars or whoever they are. But um, it's coming close. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite exciting, I think. Um, I'll certainly be cheering for the team in yellow or one of them. That seems like my best <laughs> odds. I think there's there's four yellow teams out of the nine. So, uh, yeah, but uh, it should be really good. Some Obviously, some rugby on a Thursday night. And then uh, I, I'm certainly looking forward to the, f- the first game in Sydney on the uh, Saturday. Planning to head down to Coogee Oval, watch uh, um, the New South Wales country against the uh, Greater Sydney Rams, and then uh, followed by the Bledisloe at 5.30. So it seems like a good afternoon out for me. So so have you picked a team? Yeah. Is New South Wales country going to be your team, Will? I think so. I'm, I'm traditionally a, an Eastern Suburbs fan, so there's a, a few of the East boys in that country team. Brendan McKibben, Tala Gray, Mitch Chapman, um, and a couple of other Waratahs and Steve Hoyles and uh, Dave Horwitz and the uh, next year's... Uh, Redhead winger sensation, hopefully, uh, Andrew yep, Kellaway. So it'd be interesting to see them go around. So <laughs> They've actually got a really good squad. I've done a little bit of analysis, and I'll I'll get around to writing some sort of tournament preview if I get my bum into gear. And uh, New South Wales country, I, I reckon, one of my favourites, uh, one of the favourites for the tournament. They've got a really good squad, so it'd be interesting to see how they go. And you know how they adapt to the travel and not necessarily having a home ground will be an interesting one for them. Um, Steve, obviously, Canberra Vikings. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and they, they'll do well, I reckon. Having um, the majority of the, the squad from Canberra anyway, uh, they, they probably know each other anyway, so they haven't had any issues with, um, you know, orientation day or whatever, O-week or whatever. So, you know, I reckon they'll do well this year. Yeah, I agree. Look, I think those three teams, Melbourne, Perth and, Can- and Canberra, who are sort of uh, from the Super Rugby team without their Wallabies, are all pretty good teams. So, you know, they it might be just ignorance in my perspective. I think the Vikings have a very good pack, um, a lot of strength there. Uh, back line, I'd question a little bit, but we'll see how they perform. Um, my perspective, I'll be a Brisbane City boy. I very much like the look of the Queensland country team. They've got some players that I uh, very much enjoy uh, watching, the likes of um, uh, Bo Robinson and Greg Holmes. But I'm a Brisbane City boy, so they'll be the team. And, and again, they've got some of these young guys like... Browning and Karevi that uh, will be fantastic. And like I say, their first home game will be at Ballymore. I think they launched the tournament against the Sydney Stars on, on Thursday week. So really interesting, interesting stuff, and, and I can't wait for it all to start. Um, it's going to be uh, an excellent tournament. Um, guys, next I wanted to chat about the Wallaroos. Just had the World Cup. Um, any of you guys get to watch much of this? Yeah, I watched the three the three oh, Wallaroos games. So, right. Give us a bit of a really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought they were they were excellent and and probably a bit unfortunate that this sort of a, it's a pretty cutthroat competition and like the Junior World Cup where only only four teams go through to the semis. Um, but yeah, I guess running through their games um, and I guess I didn't have a lot of confidence beforehand because they just played that Tri Nation series yeah. and lost to New Zealand and Canada, who are two of the strong really strong teams, but. Look, we, we beat uh, South Africa very comfortably in the first game, scored a couple of excellent tries, and um, just I thought that just the skill level and and uh, physicality was just brilliant. Like, uh, I guess a couple of really st- standout players to me were the uh, the outside centre, Shani Williams. Yeah. Like her her tackling is is just brilliant. Like she just she didn't miss a tackle and she just smashed people all day, and and also picked up a couple of tries in the in the first and second game, and uh, the fullback. Um, 
Ash Houston was was fantastic. Like she just was so reliable. Had a massive boot on yeah, her. She like she, kick, doesn't she? Yeah. I saw her. She kicked for sort of in general play. Had a touch fighter that went for about thirty meters out out from her own line and found touch ten meters out from the opposition goal line. And I was thinking, God, I wish Bernard Foley could find touch like that for the Waratahs. Like it's just a huge boot. Like. Um, and uh, just a, a good forward pack as well. Like they, I think, led by sort of Shannon Parry and uh, the loose head prop Oniata Schwalger, and just a really skillful team. And and like I think France at home will go cl- close to sort of winning the tournament. And uh, they're unlucky that they were sort of pulled with them. Like maybe one of the other pools that they could have got through, but uh, just weren't quite up to it against the home team. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've been really good, and hopefully they they should beat the USA in this uh, in their next game, and then hopefully uh, they have a playoff with the All Blacks or the whatever the uh, New Zealand women's team are called uh, for the uh, fifth place. The, the, the Gal Blacks. The Black Gal Ferns. Blacks. The Black Ferns. The Black Ferns. Ferns. Okay. <laughs> yeah, excellent, mate. Look, a wonderful performance by by the team. Um, yeah, it was really tight one that last. I know it was seventeen three, but you know the France are a quality side, but. Um, really well, great performance by the Wallaroos and congratulations to Paul Varel who we had on the podcast, Green and Gold Rugby's old Paul, own Paul Varel, we had him on the podcast earlier this year, so let's wish them best of luck for the next uh, uh, game and, and see how they go on but the, the the Kiwis were a bit of a surprise too, getting knocked out, I know they got beaten by Ireland early on but they also had another subsequent loss to uh, was that to England? Um, I can't recall, but they lost the two games, which was a bit of a shock to them. So a, a great tournament, and probably um, you know more upsets than um, uh, you know a traditional uh, World Cup. So great performance by the Wallaroos, and, and keep it going. Um, okay, next up, I thought it's appropriate to talk about uh, club finals. Um, it's that time of the season again. Uh, in fact, we're just beyond that time of the season down there. Is that right, Steve? Yeah, the John I didn't. Uh, Cup has been run and won in Canberra with the Tuggeranong Vikings taking out their fourth uh, title in a row, defeating Queanbeyan Whites 25-13 on Saturday. So the Vikings juggernaut continues, continues um, yeah. and the Whites um, did knock them off in the major semi a couple of weeks ago in a very close game. I think it was one point or so in it, and so Tuggeranong went on to play Gungarland in the preliminary final and absolutely belted them. So they were very much up for it in those last two games. And I think they only lost maybe one or two games all season. So um, some good signs for some Brumbies recruits, including Nigel R. Wong. I think he's from your way, Reg. He's, yeah, he is, mate. He, yeah, he bagged a hat-trick for the Vikings. So some good signs there for uh, Nigel R. Wong next year. Well, he's playing he's playing outside centre, is that? Or was he playing in the outside backs, at least? Yeah, I think outside centre, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So he's obviously, um, he played for Sunnybank up here who have just made their way through the Premier Rugby Grand Final as well. So uh, he's a winner in quality play. It'll be interesting to see. Um, what about down there, Will? You've had a fascinating couple of games of the weekend leading up to this week's final. Yeah, so a couple of upsets. Uh, so the, the, I guess the minor premiers, Manly, got knocked off last week in uh, um, by Eastwood. And then... Uh, City Uni, who've won just about everything under the sun, got knocked off by Southern Districts. So it's uh, Eastwood versus Southern Districts in the final. And um, I think uh, there'll be quite a few people cheering for Southern Districts, the neutrals, uh, because uh, pretty much everything in the shoot shield in, in recent years has been won by the Sydney Uni or Eastwood. So it'd be good to see someone else get up there and uh, and win. But um, 
should be very competitive. Got some, I guess, two two very strong teams going against each other, and I guess a couple of the fringe Waratahs have been real stars there. Like I think uh, Hugh Roach, the uh, sort of third string Waratahs hooker, has been a star for Eastwood, and um, Jed Holloway is probably at the number eight for Southern Districts, and their captain's probably been the best player in the Shoot Shield this year. So should be a, should be a great final, and and I think both teams are are really strong and. Um, probably a, the Southern Districts forward packer have been there sort of really, really good and they've got Kane Douglas coming into the side this weekend so um, if oh, Eastwood right. could hold their yeah. forward pack they'll probably win but if, if Southern's forward pack gets on a roll it, it'll be hard to stop them like, they're just a very strong and very strong pack So Benny Volleyball has got quite the kick on him yeah, so he kicked a I think a goal from sort of a pretty I didn't actually see it but he it was Quite a difficult penalty attempt to uh, win the game last weekend. So it was right about forty metres. I was yeah. going to say yeah. at an angle, it was a quality kick. Yeah, he learned from Bernard, obviously yeah. from yeah. the week before. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> that Andrew Merton's kick, kicking coaching. Uh, <laughs> I think everyone in the Waratahs can kick goals now. Hopefully, we'll, we'll certainly be hoping so for the uh, Wallabies this weekend. Um, I guess depending on who gets that kicking role. So, yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah. Great stuff. So a great game down there on Saturday. And then Sunday afternoon, it's Premier Rugby Grand Final up here in Brisbane um, on Sunday at Ballymore. So another big day at Ballymore. It was massive last year. Eight, 9,000 people watching East take on Jeeps last year. Well, neither of those two will be there this year. Jeeps, he's uh, missing the finals completely. And Jeeps just missing out this last weekend versus Sunnybank. This was an amazing game, guys. Jeeps... Uh, Started and I think that was, it might, might have been up 24 to, to three, 24 to eight, um, just before the uh, sorry, 24 to five, just before half time. Uh, and the usual guys, Sammy Karebi was fantastic. Chris Kurandrani scored a try and played as well as I've seen him play this year. Sam Johnson, this young center who played a few games for the Reds off the bench, was excellent. I've seen more and more of him playing this last half of the year and uh, club footy, and I really think he's a, a quality player. So another one to watch, hopefully, come through. Um, but, you know, so Jeeps were doing it all at half time. It was, you know, it was all theirs. It was almost in the bag. Now, second half, remarkable turnaround. Sunnybank came back and they won 33 to 24. Uh, Liam Gill came on in the second half, so he started the game on the bench and he was sensational, as you can imagine. But, you know, they already had Jake Shatz there. They had Betty Tapawai there and they had Greg Holmes there. And you could just see those guys stand up and take control as leaders. Um, Sunnybank got a great pack, I guess, much like the Souths one down in Sydney. They scored two pushover tries from from malls, rolling malls. Um, and uh, Ben Adams there, Locke, who also plays a bit of back row, is also picked in the NRC teams, um, I think the country team, uh, scored a couple of tries. But And then Jake McIntyre, who I believe is all, he's also in the NRC, must be in the Brisbane team, I think. Um, young fly half, played Australian up 21, scored a late try with seconds to go to secure that win. But a remarkable game. It was, you know, all Jeeps in the first half and Sunnybank in the second half. So Sunnybank go on. They'll play university in the grand final next week. Now, they played together um, a couple of weeks ago in the, the, uh, the major semifinal where uni won 28-25, so only three points in it. So you can bet this one's going to be a, a fantastic game. So uni of the likes of... Curtis Browning, if he's back from injury, Mike Harris, uh, JJ Tuolaga, Tim Buchanan, um, and they'll take on Sunnybank. We'll have Shatsy and Gill. Benny Tapawai is unfortunately out, so Rex Tapawai will start. So, uh, But uh, two quality teams and, and clearly the two best teams of the competition this year. So this will be a great final this weekend. We can't wait to see it. 
Um, I, was, I was following a, a bit on Twitter last sun, uh, was it Sunday and um, it seemed uh, Curtis Browning was streaming the game from his hospital bed after a couple of operations he had last <laughs> week and uh, apparently he's hoping to play this weekend. So uh, yeah, it seems like a pretty quick recovery if he's, if he's uh, gone from being uh, in hospital and, and sort of staying in hospital for a few nights to uh, st- uh, strapping the boots back on and playing a, a sort of first grade grand final it's, within a week. It's so. remarkable. He got some sort of staph infection from an ant bite or something like that. So he's been in hospital for a week, just released. And yeah, we'll be must have some bad ants up in uh, Queensland. We don't, we don't muck around with our insects up here, guys. And Sydney Stars, you remember that when you're here at Ballymore uh, next Thursday night. Um, but yeah, for those who watch, do want to watch it in a state or can't get to the game, Reds Rugby uh, website, regsrugby.com.au, do stream the game live. And they will also be doing uh, a radio version, so separate streams, a radio call of the game through Griffith University uh, with yours truly. Uh, yeah, also, I was going to ask who's on there this week. <laughs> I, will be, I will be providing some sort of, you can't see my fingers, but inverted commas, expert uh, commentary on the sideline as well. So, But um, it, it should be a great game. And are you uh, cheering for any particular side, Reg? Just listen to the um, call, your team? <laughs> <laughs> my, I was a Jeeps junior, so, um, but uh, Sunny Bank, I've probably got a bit of a natural aversion to. They're not like the brothers up here, but I have some sort of aversion to, to Sunny Bank. Unfortunately, Jets, I know you'll be listening to the podcast. Jets is a big Sunny Bank man, but he's also played university, so he's torn himself. But, mate, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to enjoy the rugby, shall I? Yeah, have a good call. Uh, I'll try and listen in on Sunday afternoon as I'm good. hopefully basking in a wallaby victory. So. <laughs> exactly right. Well, that's it, guys. That's that's the podcast. It's been uh, a big one. There's all sorts of rugby happening. Let's all focus on that Blurslow Chili's Wallabies home. Steve and Will, thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll speak to you all next week. Yeah, right there, right there.